From the bowels of uncertainty and fear, from the mountains of euphoria and success, from the faraway lands of China and Far East, to the warm glowing sun of California coast and the top of the Freedom Tower, we bring you the Global Edge Talk. If you are an aspiring entrepreneur or hardened enterprise global executive with an edgy story of winning or defeat, entering new markets, or getting out of the old ones, we want to talk to you. We want to share your story. We want everyone to be on the edge. And because of you, we want everyone to have the edge, the global Edge. And now, the Global Edge talk host, Alex Romanovich. Hello, everybody. This is Alex Romanovich, and welcome to our next episode of uh, Global Edge Talk. And today we have a wonderful, wonderful guest. Uh, he is a former chief operating officer and president of Apple Computer in United States and Europe. Uh, prior to that, he was involved as a uh, with the almost a 25-year career at Texas Instruments. Mr. Marco Lundi, welcome to our studio. Thank you, Alex. Nice being with you. Uh, you know, I have so many uh, wonderful questions to ask you, and you are a legend. I had a pleasure of uh, and, and a privilege of uh, listening to you at the EBAN conference in Brussels, and you were talking about European Union you were talking about innovation. We have a great, great show today. I'd like to ask you a bunch of questions, if you, if you don't mind. Let's go. Okay, wonderful. First of all, tell us a few words about your biography, your childhood. You obviously grew up in Italy. You're from the Tuscan region of Italy, and uh, you wrote a book describing it as well. Tell us more about your childhood, you, you know, where you grew up, and um, you know, a few words about that. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, uh, by the way, I wrote three books. One is about uh, my story, my, the story of my life from uh, Tuscany to Cupertino and beyond. Uh, the second is uh, about uh, my style of business. The title is in Latin. Business humanum est. Just to say that if a business is not done for the man, for the people, I don't think it's a good business. And the third one is about artificial intelligence. In the past four or five years, I was mm -hmm. in love with this new, I cannot say technology, but this uh, uh, new uh, way of creating innovation. And I wanted to understand more. Uh, I'm now doing a lot of conferences about that. I think this is something that I really like to do. Talking about Marco Landi at the beginning, uh, born in Siena, the Renaissance town of Italy, left uh, Siena to go to the University of Bologna, the first university in the world, a concert of university has been created in Bologna. And I had the chance when I was preparing my thesis that the professor told me, Mr. Landy, you're a smart boy. Why don't we do something special for your thesis? 1969. And I said, okay, what is so special? He said, you need to do it on digital. And I told him, uh, okay, what is digital? <laughs> you can imagine it. It was just the beginning of but it has been really my great chance in life because uh, I had the opportunity then to work for Texas Instruments, 
because I was really knowing very well the product of Texas Instrument. Growing up in career, I have been the president in Italy, then in Europe, then in Asia. And then one day I received a call from a bank, one of these headhunters, that told me, Mr. Landi, stop selling silicon. Come and change the world. And I understood who was calling, and it was Apple Computer. And I joined Apple in uh, Europe. I changed completely. Apple was losing 300 million in 1993. 1994, I just changed the, the situation 100 million uh, profit. That was the uh, magic thing that I was able to do. Uh, one journalist came, Mr. Landa, how did you do that? And uh, I explained everything I did, an interesting article in Business Week that was saying, Mr. Landi has the recipe to change Apple computer, at that time it was Apple computer, the board noticed me, and uh, in the moment that they were changing uh, from uh, John Scully to uh, Michael Spindler, Michael Spindler asked me to join him in Cupertino and be the chief operator. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, your commitment to innovation goes back to Texas Instruments and Apple, and um, I just recently found out a very interesting um, fact about you is that you were one of the people who were very instrumental in bringing Steve Jobs back to Apple as well. Can you talk a little bit more about this? Uh, I believe you've, you've engineered the buyout of, uh, of uh, Jobs out of Next Computer and you brought him back, uh, which was amazing. Tell us more about that. Yeah, this is an interesting story and that's the reason why I wrote the book that in English is connecting the dots, and you can understand why I use that type. You know, Steve Jobs came back by chance, just by pure chance, or maybe by destiny, because uh, the destiny and wanted him to be back in Apple. We are in 1996. I am the chief operating officer, and Gil Emilio that has succeeded uh, just by a few months, uh, uh, Michael Spindler, is uh, trying to create a new operating system. Impossible. We were lagging in front of the mighty Microsoft and Intel. The most that we call it the Wintel. Steven was out. The CEO was uh, fired in 1985. He built Next, and you can understand what Next means. Uh, he wanted uh, the revenge on the people uh, that uh, fired him back. But uh, he was not so successful in that. In 1996, uh, he had to shut down all the manufacturing. He had to close uh, marketing and sales uh, uh, offices. Uh, he was left with Next OS, just an operating system. And this is where I say the chance. We had, we, the big Apple, had to decide to go out in search for a new operating system. We created a Troika. The CEO, Gil Emilio, the CEO, Marco Landi, 
and the CTO, and Ancroft. Our team of engineers listed three operating systems that we had to look at. But the number one was BOS. It was uh, the operating system uh, created uh, by a French guy, a friend of mine, named uh, Jean-Louis Gasset. Jean-Louis Gasset had a very, very good uh, operating system. He worked uh, before at Apple. The, the operating system was proved, was uh, really uh, a good one, very well tested on computer. And we made him an offer an offer of $200 million to sell the operating system, and he should have been able to come as new CTO at Apple Computer. But, you know, sometimes when you are too greedy, you lose everything. He insisted that 300 and more. We evaluated the, the, the operating system just only $60 million. Offering in 1996, 200 million was really something that he should have accepted. We had a, a dinner secret. We were meeting with the board uh, and uh, insisted, but he was also insisting 300 million. We said, no, it's too much. And with the board, we decided to go to the second. And the second was. Next OS. We made a deal with Steve Jobs, and Steve came back to Apple, not as CTO, no. he came just as advisor to the CEO, but he had in mind his plan. And thanks to God, he executed very well that plan. What an what an incredible story! Excellent. Uh, this is uh, this is going to be such a treat for our audience. Uh, by the way, I want to say that uh, we will be posting links on the landing page dedicated to Marco Landi with the three books, um, with uh, some additional supporting information as well. And let's talk, Marco, a little bit about um, your um, uh, recent or maybe not so recent investment and the involvement with the digital box, which uh, according to Forbes Italy, I read the article, very interesting article. We'll also post the link to that. So how's the company doing? What are you hoping to accomplish with this startup? And what are some of the obstacles you're seeing there as well? The digital box is a company where I invested in, 19, uh, in 2016. Uh, I got uh, really in love with the team, uh, with the technology, with the potential of the market. And uh, last year, uh, we had the courage, uh, really bold uh, initiative, to buy another company called Questive that is mainly in uh, uh, artificial intelligence. A team of people, a spin-off of the University of Siena, that has uh, developed uh, three very interesting uh, uh, semantic engines. Uh, you know that the semantic engines are the basis of artificial intelligence. And the one that I saw first, I was really impressed, and I said, 
we need to buy this company because we could uh, uh, merge the experience of the digital marketing with the artificial intelligence and make sure that our platform for digital marketing campaign would become powerful. But then we could bring to the market also the new uh, application that uh, uh, question and no money and uh, no expertise to bring into the market. We are doing very well now. Uh, we are over 100 people. What is uh, really interesting, uh, we have uh, uh, now started uh, to go into market for large enterprises and uh, we signed a deal with uh, Esprivia uh, that is a company of 600 million uh, 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 total uh, uh, quantities of business. And as soon as they saw the technology, they said, we want to invest in the company. And they invested in the company. Then we developed another deal with uh, uh, one large uh, system integrator. They looked at the company, they looked at the technology, and not only they wanted it to resell, but they want to invest into the company. And that has created the, in the company a major uh, enthusiasm, major uh, instigation, really, uh, because we feel that we are doing well and we can now uh, have the courage to go in France. We've got our first a new uh, order in France, in Spain, and very soon we will have it also in, uh, uh, in Germany. Wonderful, wonderful. Let's talk more about the innovations in the European Union. Obviously, you, I, when I listened to you in Brussels at the EBAN conference, uh, you were so passionate about this. You were so concerned about the fact that European Union is lagging behind and it's lagging behind Asia, uh, China, Singapore, South Korea, Japan to a certain extent. It's lagging behind United States. At least that was your sentiment and that was your appeal. So say a few words about that. Why do you think European Union is in trouble and what needs to be done for the European Union to become the center of innovation in the 21st century? Yes, thank you. This is something that is very close to my heart. I just wrote an article recently uh, addressing uh, the new president uh, uh, of the European Commission uh, with a cry, let's create a European plan for artificial intelligence. Because artificial intelligence is not just only a technology. Artificial intelligence, uh, the way I see it, uh, is uh, uh, the continuation of uh, the philosophy. You know, the uh, important Greek uh, uh, philosopher were trying to discover the external world. Artificial intelligence uh, is looking inside ourselves, uh, inside uh, 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 our uh, uh, head, and try to understand the way we are performing, the way we are acting, and try to imitate, create uh, new things in the way we work, in the way we study, in the way uh, we will have entertainment. It is a major revolution. 
But today, despite in Europe, we have an immense amount of data. Who owns those data? Is not owned by European uh, enterprise. Is totally owned by the large, the great uh, giant of the web in America. And data uh, is the uh, oil of uh, artificial intelligence. Who owns the data on really the uh, uh, power in artificial intelligence? Even Putin recently had the a major conference in Russia, and he said that who owns the data owns artificial intelligence and will own the world. I see, unfortunately, that Europe is still split apart. It's not yet Europe. I remember, and in my letter I put it very clearly, when in the 90s, I was uh, a chairman based in Brussels of the European American uh, Electronic Association. 360,000 uh, jobs uh, represented by this association. And I was going, despite I was not American, to the European uh, uh, Commission and say, look at what's happening. We, we have uh, great uh, national champions, but we cannot continue with this national chapter. We have ICL in UK, we have Bull in France, we have Olivetti in Italy, Nixdorf in, in Germany. We need to create an environment where this company needs to be really becoming European company. Companies that can really then attack the market in China, the market into the United States. And always they were telling me, ah, oh, no, don't worry. Look, Google is strong. ICL is strong. Unfortunately, I was right. Today, we do not have it. ICL, Google, Olivetti, Nixon. All disappear. And this is my cry. We need a strong European plan for artificial intelligence. Because artificial intelligence will also help us to understand better what's going on in our climate situation. And this is the only way of combining the climate problem with the artificial intelligence development that we can make something that will solve most of the problems that we have. But right now, yeah. Europe is lagging. And I start to see that since Thierry Breton that is the new uh, commissioner or uh, uh, the internal market, he start to he understand, he comes from uh, uh, our environment. I trust a lot of him, and I hope that uh, he will be able really to create uh, a totally different environment. Yeah, absolutely, and it's. Uh, I'm. I'm beginning to see and and hoping for the same. I'm also seeing uh, some of the United States uh, venture capital firms and uh, private equity firms beginning to eye some of the European investments, and certainly the hope is that the private sector, uh, whether it's automotive or information technology or other sectors in Europe, will also be supportive of this uh, major initiative. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Brexit. I know it's a it's a it's a topic that's constantly being talked about, and now it happened. 
What do you think is going to happen in terms of innovations? What do you think? Will European Union uh, be uh, now competing with the United Kingdom in terms of the leadership and innovation? Uh, what do you think is, uh, is going to happen there? Uh, first of all, uh, let me say that uh, I am really sorry that the uh, uh, UK is leading the European uh, uh, Union because it's part of the European Union. But most of the people that uh, really don't understand the importance of uh, a strong European uh, community, and they think that they can do it alone, they thought that the European Union was a problem. I think that there has been a lot of fake news of uh, uh, terrible information that has been given. And most of the people uh, that voted for the Brexit would uh, have not done that without all this uh, uh, fake. But it's done. It's done. It's done. It is a pity. Uh, it's a pity because uh, uh, there is a lot of innovation in the UK, even though if you look well, as soon as there is innovation, the companies are bought by the, by the giant, the web giant of the United States. Look uh, uh, DeepMind, fantastic company. Now is DeepMind Google. But it's not the only case. There are many others. But it is good that you have uh, 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 people that are very well rewarded for the job that, and the innovation that they brought, but it's still something that is uh, controlled by the United States. Nothing, nothing against the United States, but I think that Europe needs the innovation of UK. We should have been much more united, much more uh, uh, converging into something that would be the European giant. I see that UK may become another state of the United States. Mm, for me, it, it, it's, a, it's a major mistake. It's a major mistake. Put now barrier uh, to the uh, exchange uh, uh, to the uh, good that will have to flow from UK to uh, uh, Europe, uh, from Europe to UK, doesn't make any sense at all. I don't think, personally, this is my opinion, that this has anything to do with uh, uh, the problem of the uh, European Commission of the European Union. I think that is in their interest of the United States not to have a stronger Europe. Interesting perspective. Thank you for that. Um, another uh, piece of news, obviously, we're following uh, everywhere in the world, and that's the coronavirus. Uh, just now, just recently, a couple of days ago, the famous a Venetian um, uh, Carnival. festival, Carnival, is being canceled. We have some fatalities in the north of Italy, uh, and it seems to be 
either related or not related to the uh, migration of some of the travelers from China, uh, it is a very, very dangerous situation. But it's an interesting perspective where something like this, something like the coronavirus, is also testing our ability to respond, testing our innovations, testing our ability to come up with vaccine or come up with the remedy. And, um, uh, you know, what can you say about something like this? Uh, how, you know, something like this can impact billions of dollars of trade and in business um, and certainly have an impact on European Union as well. Um, any, any words about that? Well, first of all, I am really sorry for our Italian friends that are dying. Because when you hear that close to Milano, two people are dead, that to me is shocking. When you know, since the beginning, I hope that we would have shut down the frontier. It was absolutely necessary. But to come to your question, I think that we discover the fragility of our society. Think about China. They were in the, in the verge of this uh, uh, great uh, uh, silken, new silken road uh, to uh, create an excellent opportunity for expansion, for new market, uh, uh, for uh, culture becoming more and more known by the different uh, people. And now the entire nation is shut down. There are no flights from Europe to China, no flights from China to Europe. This is terrible. This is just should be a, a, a way to reflect on us on who we are. We should come back to the, the question of the ancient philosopher, who we are. We are so weak that just a virus is shutting down an entire 1.4 billion people. And, and I hope that is stopping there. But even when you talked about Italy, Nobody knows yet. I'm following closely what TV and uh, radio and uh, newspaper are saying. Nobody knows. Nobody understands what happened in Colombia. Nobody. No one has been able to trace back the, what they call the zero uh, person, the one that started that. Could have been. Chinese could have been uh, people coming back from uh, uh, from China, someone that has got the virus. Nobody knows yet. Alex, we are very fragile. And we should uh, take an opportunity just to say we should combine our efforts. This is all, always what I say, human first. That's the reason my book, Business Humanum Est. Everything must be human. If we do not put humanity at the center of everything we do, 
we will discover our fragility, just a virus, and we will be totally broken. I totally agree with you. It is very disturbing. And um, I'm hoping that the entire world is going to come together even more so and uh, help the situation. Speaking of fragility and speaking of humanity, let's talk a little bit about the multi-generational type of issues. And, um, you know, I would love your opinion on this as well. You are a decorated veteran of business. You've uh, launched major companies, major efforts. You brought Steve Jobs back into Apple. Say a few words about multi-generational issues. You're working with a lot of uh, younger generations, startups, scale-ups. There is a a tremendous amount of ageism and tremendous amount of, um, um, I guess, uh, uh, issues involved with that in the corporate world today. We can't deny that. What are your thoughts on different generations working together, whether it's a startup or a major corporation? Um, how does it impact innovations? How, how do different generations can benefit from one another when, when it comes to innovations and when it comes to collaboration? Very important question. Uh, you see, when uh, uh, I have in front of me uh, in university or in different uh, places where I have to give a speech, I always try to inject this idea. Only if we all cooperate, we will win. Because innovation, we talk a lot about innovation, but real innovation is and must be what helps us to stay better, to live better, to operate better. If uh, uh, innovation is something that uh, creates uh, uh, segment or uh, distinction uh, in uh, uh, nationalities, this is not the innovation. Innovation is always something that must create better opportunities, better uh, uh, ideas that help the the man and the woman to live better. And you know, this is something that is not uh, to be ethic, is not to be uh, religious, you know, but we all share this world. We are creating enormous problem to our world. Just today, I am coming back from Gulf. It's mid-February, 16 degrees. We had mosquitoes everywhere, and it's just only February. This is a cry that we must have. What will happen in the month of July and August? We share this world. We must do something to stop this climate change. If people say there is no climate change, I, how can they, I just read the yesterday, one of the glaciers in Ireland disappeared. One glacier. So, innovation 
must be something that put people together to collaborate and to face the major issues that we have. We are discovering us fragile, but we can be strong if we unite our effort. Thank you for that. And um, um, yeah, interesting development with the mosquitoes in February. I totally agree with you. It's, it's scary. Yeah. Marco, thank you so much for your time. I'm hoping to come and visit this summer in the south of France. You're welcome. Uh, I would love to do that. And by the way, Siena is a wonderful, wonderful city. I visited Siena probably 40, 41 years ago when I was immigrating from the Soviet Union through Italy, through Austria. And I visited the beautiful Siena, beautiful Florence, and uh, hoping to drink some wine in Tuscany with you uh, in a very short period of time. I have it in my cellar, so I will keep it for you when you come. But when you come, I would like to bring you in the French Riviera, in the fantastic uh, uh, Telecom Valley, as we call it, uh, of Sofia Antipolis, where the 8th, the 10th of March, we will inaugurate La Maison de l'Intelligence Artificielle, the House of Artificial Intelligence. Wonderful. The step to achieve the comments that I was giving to you, unite our efforts, better understand how artificial intelligence can help us all to do better things for our present and future generation. It's something that uh, we have uh, created with the support of the department, La Chambre de Commerce, Université uh, Côte d'Azur, and you will see something that we have uh, done to inform, to form, and to create around artificial intelligence. I would love to have more information about that and share this with our audience and share it in the United States with all our major outlets. And um, once again, I want to thank you for this wonderful conversation, your opinions, uh, your sentiment towards a lot of things that are happening right now in the world. So thank you so much. And we're hoping to talk to you soon. Come to see us in Europe. We absolutely will. Thank you. Ciao. Ciao.